Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 16. Yes, sweet 16. There will be no cars given out tonight, no lavish parties thrown in honor of ourselves, but we will have a great episode, that I can assure you. I'm your host, Foggy, and with me, as always, Teabags and JPP. Good evening, fellas. Good evening. What up? <laughs> Gosh. I need it. I need hey, uh, Teabags, where's your guitar? I'm working on a different intro that has to do with Teabags, so <laughs> stay tuned. You're going you're gonna to pop in there with the skin flute? <laughs> I'm going to drop something on you. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> well, how has everybody's weekend been? Oh, good. That's uh, for those of you out there listening uh, that's not local, we got hit with the polar vortex. So it was fun, you know, riding out some negative 40 degree wind chills. And it's it was 63 today. So I had a chance to get out there and enjoy some sunshine without a coat. And it was uh, it was good. Yeah, it has been crazy weather. And I had a really good weekend watching my Saints play the Super... Oh, wait. Nope. <laughs> Saints got screwed, so Super Bowl sucked. <laughs> but you enjoyed the halftime show, right? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Why do we even have halftime shows anymore? Who was the is... rapper? And was he cussing? Is that why it kept cutting out? Yes. Which, you really? We didn't run that through firsthand? I mean, it's supposed to be uh, the Super Bowl here with an audience of kids and and older folks, I don't think uh, we need somebody out there cussing, but right. maybe that's just me getting older. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't throw stones considering my teabag intro, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, this but, is but, a national and, audience. Uh, in your defense, nobody's <laughs> yeah. actually listening, so <laughs> you got an audience of two. <laughs> Touche. Anyway, uh, anyway, good thing we all had a good weekend, and um, let's move on. With Tony's challenge from last time. Let's hit that first. Tony, fill us in. Yes. Okay. Well, I was inspired by the uh, Chris Cornell tribute concert they had where they had a bunch of uh, different bands come and do uh, songs of Chris Cornell and his various bands. Um, so uh, the challenge that I issued was, you know, pick someone that is deceased, an artist that you like, and then pick three bands that you would like to perform at their tribute concert, and what songs would they perform? Sweet. Excellent challenge. I was all over the Thank place you. trying to come yeah, up with too, this, actually. and I was... What's that? Me too, actually. Even though it was my challenge, it was I thought it was difficult. Well, it was difficult. And then once I figured out, I nailed down who I was going to choose, then it became difficult to find the songs, but I just narrowing it down was difficult in the first place. Right. JPP, did you struggle? No, I really didn't. I knew right off the gates who I, who I wanted. And then where I struggled was um, whittling down the choices. I, I do have one honorable mention, but that's it. But overall, I, I had a pretty clear vision. I was really surprised, honestly. Cool. Perfect. Let's hear it. Who'd you, who'd you choose? Well, I chose David Bowie as the artist for the tribute show. And nice. um, now for the honorable mention, I really don't have a song picked. I would just like to see the band um, perform something in Bowie's repertoire. But here are my, my main three. I picked Peter Gabriel to perform Space Oddity just because as he's gotten older, some of his more mellow stuff has been just beautiful. And I could really see him doing a, a fantastic job of, of, of performing a rendition of that song. Um, my second choice was Bjork. I'd like to see her do Let's Dance, mm -hmm. definitely an upbeat number. <laughs> I think she could definitely um, kind of kill that, if you will. David Bowie was a, a you know an eccentric artist. She is also, and I think that she could totally reinterpret it in a fun way. Lastly, this song's already been covered by the infectious grooves but i picked fame by rage against the machine i could see them kind of going out there with some octave nice. guitar and some wild blow blow you know just really kind of killing it and um you know what zach of course wouldn't sing it it's got to have some melody and stuff like that so then it becomes is there a guest and you know now that i say that what if they paired up with my honorable mention which is queens of the stone age and they can handle yeah. some of the vocal melodies and stuff and just really thicken up that that tune that's excellent, yeah. Josh has got a great voice, so that would be an interesting combo. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's funny because um, Queens of the Stone Age is one of those bands where I absolutely love them, and then when I set them aside and I get busy with other stuff, it's like 
I rediscovered, oh, it's like, oh, yes, I love this band, and I have to go and listen to it, and it turns into an obsessive cycle for a while. It's like I almost forget about them, and then when I do pick it back up, it's like, oh, my gosh, wow. And it's one of those things <laughs> also where when I do listen, I have to dedicate a lot of time because I'm really ingesting it. Right. Those are great David Bowie is a great choice because he was so different. I mean, he was like, there was just different Bowies through the years, so it's almost like anybody could do his songs uh, because they're also wildly different through the years yeah so that was a great oh thank you and also too with with his different eras there's different musicians that were inspired by those different eras so that it could almost turn into a festival for a few days absolutely i would attend yeah me too super duper all right maybe um i really for at first i wanted to do sinatra Mm -hmm. um I just thought that could have been really cool to choose people who are un Sinatra like, no Harry Connick, you know, no Michael Bublé, things <laughs> yeah. like that. But <clears throat> Sinatra is so consistent. There just wasn't a lot of variation, I guess. But what I ended up falling on uh, was Mother Love Bone. Nice. Obviously, such significance for us. Um, Andrew Wood died way too young. Um, such talent there. But um, with him passing, that. Shifted Stone Gossard and Jeff Ement over to Pearl Jam. So we ended up getting Pearl Jam out of the deal. But mm-hmm. um, what I wanted to do was something different than the norm. Because typically people who cover Mother Love Bone are bands that came out at the same time. Um, you know, Chris Cornell did a lot. Um, Pearl Jam will play, you know, Crown of Thorns sometimes. Right. Um, Temple of the Dog. You know, so it's the same type of bands playing those songs over and over. But they're, um, the one complete album that they have, Apple, I think is extraordinary. Um, from beginning to end, I can listen to it every time. It's not one of those where you got to s- skip over a couple of stinkers. Um, it's just solid from beginning to end. So I chose um, three songs plus one honorable mention. The honorable mention I'll do first, um, it's the song Gentle Groove. Um, Tony, you probably know it. I don't know, Paul, if you're that familiar with Apple. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time, and I'd have to listen to it just to kind of refresh my memory, but I remember really liking it. Yeah, nice piano, cool groove. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Tori Amos would do an amazing job on yes. that one. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, for my big three, Stargazer, I would have uh, Counting Crows do it because I think Adam Duritz has a crazy good voice, and he's very personal um, in his singing. I think he would really bring that one home. Uh, the second song, Man of Golden Words, which uh, the message in that song <clears throat> with words and music being everything, I love that. And I think that Nothing But Thieves with Connor Mason would just kill that song. Um, I would love to, I may, uh, I may call him up and see if he'll do that for me. <laughs> and then um, the last one, of course, their, their best song that everybody knows, of course, Crown of Thorns. And I would have Lady Gaga do that. Oh, that'd um, be cool. On piano. I think that would be incredible. Yes. Those are great, too. My gosh. It's funny because as you guys were saying who you would pick, I was, like, excited like a fan. Like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, if someone was announcing this, like, and up next is Lady Gaga with uh, just... Those are all great choices, great artists. Man. Good job, guys. Thanks. Shucks. <laughs> yeah. No, sadly, in the show notes, um, you will not find any videos of these people singing these songs. But uh, so uh, this will be the one I week know. where the show notes don't quite match up. <laughs> to the dream so team. We can throw in a couple of uh, of uh, links to the artists themselves. So some Bowie and some, some mm. uh, Mother Love Bone. Precisely. Yeah. Excellent. Um, All right, T-Bags, let's hear your 30 songs. Yes. <laughs> It's a star-studded concert. Um, <laughs> thanks, Paul. <laughs> um, well, I, I started off with, I was going to do Millie Vanilli, but aren't they a cover anyway of themselves? So, Girl, you know it's, girl, you know it's, girl, you know it's. <laughs> yeah, I would just have Fab cover Rob. Um, but... Uh, then I went to, and this isn't my pick, but I'm just telling you my thought process. I went to Joy Division. Oh, man. Which mm. would have been a great one, but I ended up just basically rewriting another Crow soundtrack you know, <laughs> through that. So um, I wanted to try to go with something different. So I ended up going with uh, NXS. Cool. 
I yeah. almost thought of that. I saw Michael Hutchins' uh, special the other day, and it kind of brought it up to me. Oh, did okay. I just always thought that there's just so much um, uh, room to like cover those songs, you know, in a different way. Uh, and they're good. They they're good songs, you know, in and of themselves. But it just they lend themselves to someone reinventing them a little bit. So anyway, um, instead of calling it an honorable mention, I called it an encore. So. What I would start the night off with, just to get everybody hyped up, would be uh, Need You Tonight, and I would have Justin Timberlake do that. One second. Hold on. <laughs> yes. Now we're flagged for copyright. Oops. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is excellent. I want Paul, like, every time doing something for me. Uh, so Justin Timberlake don't Need You Tonight, and then, uh, you know, switch the mood a little bit and do um, Never Tears Apart. With Damien Rice. Very cool. Thanks. Then I would obviously have Devil Inside by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, man. And if you go back and listen to Devil Inside, you definitely can hear that Trent could really rock that out. And then I would end the night with an encore, um, New Sensation with Dermot Kennedy. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. That would be... Sent me some of his work. That's good. Yeah. So... Anyway, it was actually kind of a fun challenge after it was all said and done. It was, it, even hearing you guys' answers, it's like songs I want to hear done by these artists. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, part of it was kind of a drag in the sense that, man, I'm not going to hear anything new from you know my artist choice and going through other people uh -huh. that we've lost through the years for sure. But the fact that they, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that they are, technically now immortal because what they have created still lives on is incredible. In fact, I saw today, I think today was the anniversary of Buddy Holly and Richie Valance plane crash. Um, and that was uh, a point that they drove on, on that article was, you know, they live on through the music they've written, but what kind of impact would they have if they were still here to be able to write, you know, for a few more years at least. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I, the, well, I looked up some Wikipedia thing and just had like lists of the decades and people who had passed. And it's just weird to look down there and see all the different ages and different reasons from mm -hmm. plane crashes to traffic accidents, <clears throat> overdoses, murders. Just And some of those are just way too young. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of, uh, we were just doing our covers. Uh -huh. um, you know, Weezer's album came out two weeks ago, I think. The Teal album. Yes. Um, I don't think you guys had a chance to dig into that one yet, but no. um, you had heard the their version of Africa, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What did you think of that? Did you like it? I really did. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. They even we went to the uh, Winter Classic game, um, the Blackhawks game. They played it. They played between the second and third period, and um, yeah, they they played that song there, and it was it's good. I I really do like that um, that cover. And so I, I went into the, the Teal album, which is nothing but covers, thinking, you know, hey, we, we, you know, we might have something here. But here's what I came away with. What we just did in the challenge, I think, drastically changed the songs. I, I, you got a new flavor, um, maybe a, a woman singing a man's song or whatever, you know, vice versa. But something very different's going on in the songs. These were so safe. It was almost like they were mm -hmm. trying to just repeat. Everybody rules the world. Uh, yeah. It was almost identical. Sweet Dreams did nothing mm -hmm. to make it more interesting. Take yeah. on me. My notes as I was listening were uh, just no. Uh, that was that was just bad. <laughs> um, they did Paranoid, which was probably the most interesting one they had because it was just different than you would have expected. Same with the uh, No Scrubs TLC. Which was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But then Billy Jean was so safe and lame. Stand by me, same thing. Just there was just no different. There was no risk taken. It just was like guys in the, you know, studio just playing their favorite song, trying to sound like their favorite band or something. And that's the way it came across to me. Um, I, I guess the only real positive I came away with is that I I didn't realize that Rivers Cuomo could sing as well as he does on here. You don't get that in a lot of his Weezer songs, so. Mm -hmm. That's my take on it. Wasn't super happy. Maybe a two out of five. I don't know. Hmm. 
I'll still listen to it just because it sounds like the track list is interesting, but I'll probably agree with you in the end. Yeah, I gave it a listen, and it started off me actually listening to the songs. Like, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I listened to that because I enjoyed that song originally. And it's funny, I can't remember how many movies ended their closing credits in the 80s with that tune, but I remember there was a couple at least. <laughs> Real Genius being one of them, which is one of my absolute favorite mm-hmm. films of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Uh, so giving the album the rest of the listen, it got to the point where I started just skimming. Now, I, I gave Paranoid a good listen. I thought the guitar was nice and thick, and uh, his attempt at Ozzy wasn't too bad, but he certainly did try to emulate each artist's style um, vocally. And what's funny, well, with the exception of you know where you know he comes from a completely different style, he sounded like Rivers on it, but the, the takeaway I had was it kind of sounded like a cover band in college that's playing the vintage hits on the weekends uh-huh. to kind of get free beer and rent money. Um, uh-huh. And I hate to sound like it's disparaging. It's not. I mean, there's definitely good effort, and they, they nailed the songs. They did a good job, but um, it's not something that I would seek out on a regular basis. It's like, oh, cool, that was a fun time. I, I'm going to move on now. Um, so that was really the long and short of it. I, I just couldn't sit through the entire album. I had to just give little samples of it and get, say, okay, that was it. And I, I originally gave it a three just from the performance and, and the quality of it in terms of, um, you know, how well it sounded. But, you know, again, it's not something that I think I would go seek out or gotcha. pick up in the record store. Well, you guys are really selling me on this. Yeah, yeah. Act now and get... Uh... <laughs> What's funny is that also reminded me, I, I, I'll put a link in the show notes, but I actually had um, a band in college that I uh, joined and played bass for. We were called If Anything, and there's a couple of YouTube videos of us playing at a place in, in Muncie at Ball State, and we did two original tunes, but it sounds a lot like Weezer. I think the the band had another band name before I joined, and it was uh, a Weezer song title is what they were called. But, uh, you know, okay. I'll, I'll add it in the show notes, give a listen, and uh, feel free to laugh at me in my terrible shirt and kind of bobbing around like a fool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That sounds more interesting than the Weezer album. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know. It wasn't bad. It just too safe. Not a, when you've got so much music to listen to, this doesn't stand out as something that I want to listen to more than once. I guess we'll put it at that. Right. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Before we move on, Paul, you have next week's challenge. What do you have for us? Well, um, I pulled this one out of my hat, but I want to see if you guys can dig into memory lane. And uh, you, you guys remember record stores? You ever been to one of those before? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> heard about one. Um, yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you walked in. And of course, we, we had magazines and we had word of mouth for seeking out new music. But do you remember to- a time when you walked into one of the record stores, probably something more underground like Karma, where they were more likely to play the unsafe selection and whatever employee was working was playing what what they were in the mood for. But Uh basically when you walked in and you started to shop, you heard something. Do you remember discovering music from that record store employee just kind of playing something in in the store? Um, Does that make sense? Like when you walk in, you're like, hey, who is this that's playing? And you end up buying the album as a result or checking it out further. Totally. Okay. Yep. And, you know, can do that. you can pick um, up to three if you want, um, but at least one. I'm not going to give you a, a, a set, you know, top five or anything like that. But, yeah. um, you know, that was something that I, I miss, actually, just because, uh, of course, yeah. you can be fed content on the Internet based off of your search patterns and all that kind of stuff. But when you walked in and actually had a human that was kind of having their moment and you shared that moment with them, that was kind of magical in a way that's how you kind of developed a rapport with the employee and next time you came in they're like hey man did you like that well check this out yep well having that experience is far different than having your screen tell you what you might yeah exactly yeah so this generation is completely missing out on that aspect of music yeah absolutely um but i do have uh one of my employees that i work with she is uh, a senior in college Mm -hmm. and it's kind of cool because uh, she's got especially one friend, but several friends. But one of her friends is constantly sending her music, and so, you know, I, I feel like it. I, I I tend to think that everybody does just go to like what's suggested to you by your automated, you know, generated playlists mm-hmm. or whatever. But it is kind of cool to see um, 
and this generation seems to really like to go to live shows. I mean, they may end up just recording them on their phone when they're there, <laughs> but, uh, but it seems like there's a lot of concert goers and it was kind of refreshing the other day just to hear like how much cultivation had been between friends and not necessarily suggested through whatever app they're using. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny on my, uh, Facebook memories today, it showed a one year anniversary. Apparently this time last year I was at, uh, a show with Anthrax. I think it was uh, Anthrax, Lamb of God, and I can't remember who the opener was, but Monday, myself went, and a handful of other friends, and uh, I actually live-streamed um, Antisocial from Anthrax. So it's like oh, nice. I was about three, four rows back, and I just kind of held the phone up, and, and I didn't even uh, watch the phone, but I just stared at them while it was kind of doing its thing. What's funny at the yeah. end is one of my friends' face showed up in the live feed, and then uh-huh. it said, would you like to tag? And it put his name on there, and I showed him, and he was, like, freaking out. I was like, no, don't tag me. How did it know it was me? I'm like, they know. Yeah. Facial recognition is crazy. Yep. <laughs> hey, um, before we move on too far, I did have a write-in from Kyle. Sweet. Uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. He actually he he outdid me as a teabag artist, but he um he gave me three different um, artists that had passed, but he didn't do that many songs. But anyway, I'll just read through them here real quick. Uh, for Prince, he would like to see CeeLo Green, Adam Levine, and uh and Max do songs from Thirty One Twenty One into Black Sweat. Um, from the Prince album, and then he went with. Ray Sawyer, Dr. Hook. Are you guys familiar with that at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not either. He sent me a link. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is this? But uh, anyway, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day and Anthony Kiedis. Uh, he wanted to hear them sing uh, Sylvia's Mother into the Freaker's Ball. So <laughs> I could be being set up here. I could be being punked. These aren't <laughs> real. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> and then the last one was uh, uh, Kurt Cobain. And he wanted to have Tom Morello and Slash on guitar with Maynard singing and doing uh, something in the way into Smells Like Teen Spirit. That'd be interesting. Yes. Those were his write-ins. As always, Kyle confuses. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't pick Mark Rebellet to uh, do one of those as well. No kidding. Yes. (laughs) Have you been watching any of his stuff from the hotel room? Oh, gosh. That dude cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, What was your first video that you saw of him? Do you remember the song? Uh, Actually, I think it was like just an entire big like live stream from what almost looked like a restaurant oh, okay yeah i saw yeah, that Yeah, he was up against the wall and yeah he... <laughs> that was probably my fourth or fifth video but the first one i saw was him in his apartment yelling get in the pool get the f in the pool <laughs> <laughs> his face is iconic man. oh i know awesome. it, it's great he he does a fantastic job of just staying on time and just throwing stuff together and and you know when he's in a crowd and just playing the moment that's yeah. very admirable because the, you know he could have a hundred haters out there that are you know the energy is kind of against him but he don't care he'll uh-huh. still just have a good time no it's cool and his story i can't remember exactly where he comes from but it's a really it might have been like some financial job or something weird mm-hmm. um, he, he was on sway in the morning and it was pretty interesting to see how far he had come and just kind of abandoned things and just started setting up shows to see how it worked and it snowballed into this is what he does now so well i salute uh, him for sure yeah yeah pretty cool okay so uh where are we at steve get us back on track back on track well the cool thing is we have i've got to get you know i've been wanting to play drums forever i gotta get me a drum set and we can do some drum rolls heck yeah okay, i'll get the recorder <laughs> yeah. anybody up for some hot cross bones or three blind mice it's <laughs> my favorite it's my jam buns <laughs> yes. oh man okay so anyway, we're worried. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Rock and Tours have a new new album coming out, but yes. uh, two songs have been released already: "Sunday Driver" and "Now That You're Gone." Um, has everybody listened? Yes, I listened to it earlier in yes. the week, and I haven't had a chance to revisit. But uh, you guys go ahead, and I will catch up. Okay, sounds good. Well, I, we're we're talking about Sunday Driver, and now that they're gone, right? Or now that you're gone? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was wanting to really come to this saying like I had a favorite, but I I just equally enjoyed them both. It was such a refreshing 
uh, sound to hear again with them. And I think they're both really solid songs. And I don't know. I just don't, I don't have anything to really pick it apart. I'm just, it made me really, really look forward to this new album. For sure. I did have a favorite. Um, for me, Now That You're Gone uh, was excellent. I, I, I've gone back and listened a number of times to mm-hmm. that. Sunday Driver's good, don't get me wrong. But Now That You're Gone really hits a sweet spot for me. Yeah. Um, and what I did is listened to... Um, a couple of songs around it mm-hmm. from their old ones, just to see kind of how it fits in or, you know, and it really is, it, it feels like an old friend. It just seamlessly flows. It's not jarring. It's not anything crazy new. It's just great. Mm-hmm. Uh, great music. Jack's voice is fantastic. It's got some interesting guitar stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I really dug it. And I like the lyrics to uh, now that you're gone as well. I do too. And um, Paul, I don't want to step all over this and let you I want you to weigh in too but the uh there's like a phenomenon that happens with me sometimes where like Sunday Driver is the first song I heard mm-hmm. obviously because it was a, it was the first one listed on Spotify um and it's hard for me I had that like feeling of like oh my gosh the, the, they're back and this is good and so I think it elevated it like the next song wasn't going to be better than that for no matter what it was does that make sense mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sometimes when I hear, like today, Kyle and I were actually sitting in the car, and he played me two versions of the same song that he's working on with a friend. Yeah. And it was hard for me to say the second one was better, because the first one was the first time I heard it, and it was refreshing. And and then, so the next time you're hearing it, you've already heard the groove and heard the melody. Um, And in that case, they had done something different vocal style with that. Right. And... So, yeah, it's just like, some there's something about, like, if something hits me right off the bat... Um, I have a hard time n- knocking it down any pegs. So yeah, that that's why Sunday Driver and Now That You're Gone kind of were equal to me because it was just two great sounds. Yeah, and you're you're also not <clears throat> excuse me stuck with the um, need for listening to eight additional songs to kind of take you down a path to see is this going sure. to dwindle? Is it going to go up from there? So now that you're gone, I remember when I, I was listening to this when I was on the road actually, and. That vintage flair just really hit me. Um, I felt like it was a nice, like you said, it was refreshing to hear that sound again. Um, where I go whenever I hear Jack White, and I don't know, uh, I tried to look for album credits for production and who engineered it and whatnot, but I have a hunch. He, he has a guy he works with by the name of Vance Powell, and he does a lot with reel-to-reel tape and analog recording and uh, just really warms up the sound. Fantastic engineer, and um, I would be surprised if they didn't work with him this time around, and I think that... Uh, um, you know, anytime I hear something Jack White's up to, I know that it's going to be quality. He does some interesting things texturally, musically, um, as well. One thing that I did read about this, if I if I read correctly, I think they said that these are two songs that are going to come out on an anniversary um, release of the 2008 album. Let me look and see. Okay. So you're saying this will so not, not be a part not a of new the album. new album for 2019? Yeah, like, let me look at this headline here. It said, uh, Raconteurs to release a new album in 2019. Two new songs will be re- included on a forthcoming 10th anniversary reissue of the band's Consolers of the Lonely. Hmm. Well, I feel like we should kick Paul off the show, because every time we talk about new music, he tells me it's a best of or... Reissue, remaster. Yep. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. <laughs> I can't do it on the guitar, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So this may be the only new tracks we get this year from them. That was <clears throat> maybe sounding like maybe. Um, okay. What's the? I'm confused though. I thought they only had the 2006 album. Uh, let's let me let me do a little reading here. I'll be uh, I'll be the. Yeah, I'm on Spotify, so I'll look at their oh. what their albums are here real quick. Tours albums. They have Broken Boy Soldiers and Consolers of the Lonely. Okay. 2006 and 2008. Okay, so here, okay, I'm reading deeper now. According to a press release, the Tours will release a new album, their first since 2008's Consolers of the Lonely in 2019. Two songs from the forthcoming as yet untitled LP will be included in a new 10-year anniversary reissue of Consolers uh, of the Lonely. So, 
the, the bonus we're getting these two songs on the reissue and then a new album is is going to be happening okay that's what happens when i just skim the internet i take it as gospel and move on so not really but i'm All just right. saying <laughs> i would hope but not. that's that's kind of a good thing for yes. us because then we're gonna get even more yes. music so win-win chicken din <laughs> show <laughs> all right well is that all you had that's Paul? yeah that's the long and short of it i i thought the songs were great um i need to dig into the raconteurs more i've listened to jack white's solo stuff and um you know definitely white stripes but i i have not really dug into this band so i feel like a novice you know, trying to you know expand on anything past the limited knowledge i have well, it's not that much different. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and I think the Dead Weather is like probably his most different. Would you agree with that, Tony? Yeah. Of so. all the music he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rock on Tours just fit seamlessly in there as far as I'm concerned. Cool. But Same. Yeah. Good stuff. But that's not to say Dead Weather is not good. No, 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 no. no. I didn't mean it in that way. Yeah, but... right. I'm just just clarifying that oh. I wasn't meaning Although that I don't either. know that we'll ever see them again. <laughs> no. But <laughs> we did get something from them, so I'll take that. I think he's challenging uh, Maynard for who can be in the most bands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, at least I, that's one thing we talked about. Tool last week coming out with a new album soon in April, and um, I was reading. You know, there's all these articles. Why did it take so long? And there's a lot of different reasons. But it was kind of neat to see Maynard actually talk about like tool wasn't ready so he called up perfect circle you know and in between perfect circle he worked on Lucifer and uh got a book written and continued with his wine and i mean that guy's just always moving so yeah it, it would it would be horrible just to think okay well i'm just waiting 13 years for an album and not hearing maynard's voice at all yeah no kidding I saw an article this morning, I think it was from Metal Injection, uh, saying that Tool leaked a teaser, but it doesn't really have new music on it. It's just um, a general jam riff, but you have to sign up yeah. for their email list to get this little mm-hmm. video teaser. And what's funny is when we talked about this happening, I joked about getting that Ron Paul gif of the, it's happening. That was at the bottom of the article. So <laughs> was it, really? it was. So maybe we have a Metal Injection <laughs> listener for a while we know. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right. Well, that brings us to what are we listening to? Yes. Who wants to go first? Um, uh, Paul. Go ahead. I can. I can do that. So I listened to David Bowie's Low album. Um, after mm. you know picking him, I don't know if you've either of you've heard that, but that kind of has uh, a sound that I feel like Reznor gravitated toward. It's absolutely, you know, it's got a lot of ambient textures and, you know, it kind of just reminds me of stuff that was going on on a downward spiral. And if I remember correctly, that album was written um, in the 70s during like basically craft work was coming of age. And I think they still may have been like a folky jam band at that point. And uh, Uh he was in Berlin and, you know, just experimenting and, and creating this album. It's just it's just fantastic uh, i every time i hear it it just kind of puts me in a deep place where i just get real um you know i guess kind of pensive and i just really start thinking and writing mm-hmm. stuff down and, and it's good because it just kind of lets me open up and, and kind of visualize things that you know i never really, really have time to sit down and think for um so yeah. listen to that listen to some queens of the stone age um also been um digging in on youtube i think i sent you guys a link earlier there was a guy that does like the he calls it 10 second songs but he'll he'll pick a song and do uh different artists playing in that in different styles of that band or vice versa and the link i think i sent you was it was ghost performing different uh artists and his vocal impressions are incredible he really does a great james hetfield he does really good with jonathan davis of corn um and everything else if he doesn't nail it specifically he at least plays that style well like he won't emulate michael jackson to a t but he'll play the groove and he'll do the rhythms and stuff like that with his own vocal flair and um, it's it's just very entertaining so i've been in that rabbit hole as well as just digging into just independent artists on youtube filming performing with um you know different 
effects and guitars and, and things like that. I've just really been trying to see what makes people tick musically lately, and and uh, it's been fun. And I, that's what I love about YouTube these days is anybody can kind of share their process. And a lot of times they do it out of fear, saying it's not going to be good, but then they get all this commentary about, hey, you know, I never thought about approaching a tune this way. And, and uh, it just kind of turns into an open dialogue and inspirational. So that's where I've been. That's cool. Um, actually, what's funny is you mentioned uh, Downward Spiral and Low, the Bowie album. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's a couple of times where Trent has actually said that that was something that really inspired him to do the Downward Spiral was that album. Oh, cool. So good ear because that's that was very much a, a part of that from what I from what I've read and then um, you mentioned Michael Jackson in that just that last <clears throat> statement and I was thinking none of us picked Michael Jackson but that would have been a cool mm-hmm. uh, deceased artist to have somebody do <laughs> yeah a tribute concert for definitely and I don't know if you did you see at his funeral they had artists come up and perform like John Mayer went up there and did Human Nature and. And stuff like that. It was uh, it was interesting. I mean, at the time, it was tough because everybody was still in shock that it happened. But um, right. the fact that you know it didn't take uh, them that long to put this together was was impressive to to send him off. Well, don't ask, don't ask Weezer. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I love yeah. Weezer. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like yeah. it was it was a phoned in cover album. It really was. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, on that too, not to extend this too long, but um, there is something, you know, artists artists have the right, I guess, if they feel like they want to pay tribute in that way mm-hmm. to do that. You know, maybe they don't want to reinvent it. Maybe they think they couldn't do it justice, but it doesn't mean the listener has to enjoy it either. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- but, I think that, know. you know, they did Africa and, and it just kind of took off and they saw, hey, the market might want this. So let's give it a shot. You know, I can't hate them for it. I mean, everybody's got to try something. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then you regroup. I'll give um, I'll give uh, Rivers some credit. It, I read some of the stuff that he was talking about as he was recording this. He was meticulous about what he did, the number of tracks to try to get the vocals mm-hmm. right, including trying to get... Um, Sweet dreams are made of this mm-hmm. to pronounce this correctly yeah. because analytics pronounced it in a way that was awkward. Yes. And so he tried to to get that. So I think he was going for that where he sounded like them or was trying to kind of reproduce that. And he put a lot of yeah. effort into it. So I don't want to put down the effort. I think there really was, well, there was real effort mm-hmm. there. But for me as a listener, if I want that real version, I'll go get the real version. I right. want something a little different if somebody's going to remake it. That's just a personal choice. Probably the strangest like pronunciation of that, Paul, you can help me out here, is uh, when Nicholas Manson covered it. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> How did he do it again? How did he say sweet dreams? Sweet dreams are made of these. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to do a duet with Holly Hunter. He bring back Raising Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about wow swapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, My wife actually <laughs> does a pretty good Holly Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe she'll have to be on the yeah, show. Exactly. After you roll her out of bed and say, "Hey, get over here, do some Holly Hunter for me." Um, <laughs> what was the meme you sent today with with uh, was Nick or Ross Cage? Ross Geller. Ross Geller. Yeah. <laughs> and his face was replaced with Nicholas Cage, and it was seamless. If you, you didn't even tell. Yeah, 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 it was so close. I just wanted him to say pivot. <laughs> pivot. Oh, pivot. 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 We were oh, on a break, man. okay? <laughs> That's so good. Um, oh, man. Mine's, mine's super quick. So um, yeah. typically I'm the one who struggles to listen to things outside of what we have to listen to. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just was thinking back a little bit about um, some of our. Previous shows, I had mentioned um, Secret Path, which was um, Gord Downey from Tragically Hip. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a little driving today, so I, I put on the Tragically Hip, Canada's number two band of all time behind Rush. Take a sip. And um, <laughs> they're really good. I, I don't know if you guys have ever really listened to them much, but they are as Canadian as Canadian can be. A lot of oh. their songs are um, about things in Canada and uh, the three songs that I'll probably throw on to the show notes for people just to get um, kind of a little taste of what they're like is uh, Bob Cajun, Wheat Kings, and Fifty Mission Cap. 
just three great songs. And there's a ton of other great songs. They're just super, you know, like a band is just listenable. Like uh-huh. you just put it on and you can just groove with it and go. Yep. That's them. That's them. And they just kind of hit home. Okay. And uh, so that was a good, that was a good go back to this week. Were there, were there songs about Canada or about Canada? It was about, <laughs> okay. about that. And, uh, <laughs> These are the most polite songs I've ever heard. <laughs> um, Did you? Oh my gosh, I forgot to send you the meme today, and it's it said uh, "Road Rage in Canada." This guy jumps out of his car, and he's got a scraper, and he goes up to the car in front, scrapes the back windshield, and goes back <laughs> and gets in his car. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine they would do uh, "Sweet Dreams Are Made of Please." Is that how they would now, and uh, it, it, you know, I was in Canada for a few days, and they are super nice folks. Made 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 some friends up there. So good. Well, <clears throat> after the next election, maybe <laughs> we'll all be running up there. Who knows? <laughs> um, what if I could? <laughs> okay, so uh, you want me to jump in with mine, Steve? Or absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, actually, every week I say I have to like clarify. I don't have a ton. Just take it easy, guys. You know, <laughs> but I really don't have a ton. But um, I was listening to I sent you guys that uh, Karen O cover of Bullet with Butterfly Wings, Smashing Pumpkins. Fantastic. Yeah, so it was great. Yeah, which yes. I heard on it. I heard it on a Super Bowl commercial today for a Netflix series. So maybe that's yes. why it was recorded. Was it H- Hannah? Anna? What was no Hannah? Yeah, Hannah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which looks pretty interesting. Um, so I was listening to it. Got me listening to a lot of. Uh, yeah, yeah, Yaz, which is what Karen O is from, her, the band that she's from. I used to love like Gold Lion and um, Maps and a lot of tracks I used to listen to back in the day. And it's another one of those, almost like you, Paul, with um, uh, with Queens of the Stone Age. It's like, I forgot, and I'm rediscovering them again. I love them. Um, and then I wanted to hear her do something with like the girl with the dragon tattoo stuff, so then that made me listen to that whole soundtrack. And then um, I also sent you guys the... Uh, that that guy that sounds a lot like Lane Staley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which great. made me listen not only to some Alice in Chains, but some of that original material. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. If you go listen to it. Um, I saw one of the... It's almost like getting a... Yep, sorry to cut you off. I was going to say, I saw one of the videos from one... I think it was one of the earlier original bands. The drummer mm-hmm. got on my nerves. He was like... His arms were like <laughs> yes. four miles away from the hi-hat before he hit. And it was just like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think the newer one, which might be like scorned or something, I can't remember what it is, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's almost like getting a new nine or nine, uh, new Alice in Chains album, right? Which is kind of cool, but um, not that they're not still doing well, but uh, it was it was just an interesting find, I thought. And then um, uh, from there, this isn't necessarily something I was listening to, but it's music related. But I started watching that um, Fire Festival documentary mm-hmm. on. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that or heard about it? No. I've heard Basically, about it. No, no, I've heard about it, but yeah. I haven't seen it. Well, here's what here's why I'm super interested in it is it's a Netflix original, but Hulu also has a Hulu original based and it's like a different not a different take necessarily, but a whole different like track. Um, but basically it's like this high end super hyped festival that was like you fly into the Bahamas on private jets and you stay in luxury places and all this stuff and it sold out super fast. But it was a festival that never happened. It was like the biggest fraud in history with that kind of stuff. And so it's basically all of these people who were on the marketing side that had all of the documented footage and stuff of things that were happening, kind of like giving you the timeline of how it started all the way to how it failed. And it's super interesting to watch. So uh, I started with the Netflix one, and I'm getting ready to watch the Hulu one. It's on my list for sure. I, I saw uh, some commentary about the contrast between the two and it I really look forward to digging in and checking that out. Yeah, they they talked a lot too about um so you guys will tell me what you think, but really what kind of like propelled it into a successful sold out show at the beginning was they really tapped into the influencers on social media. And so and it was like an area where there's no real accountability, you know, mm-hmm. for influencers. They're just they're out there like influencing, of course. But uh what happens when they are caught up in something that's fraudulent? You know, what kind of gray area does that leave things in? So I'm not giving anything away. All this stuff's kind of in the trailer, but sure. definitely, definitely worth checking out. Will do. Cool. That's it for me. 
Speaking of entertainment, um, I'm surprised none of us have mentioned the Avengers trailer that was at on the Super Bowl today. Did you get to see oh, it, yeah. Steve? Wasn't much to no. it. No, if I no, but yeah, the, what just what little they did put, I, I still got super amped. You know, just kind of seeing some um, aftermath, if you will, and I don't know. It's just cool seeing the the universe closing in and seeing Rocket Raccoon kind of walking with the gang. You know what I mean? Just that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. When you you know it was it was kind of goofy. You know, when he's with you know Guardians or whatever, just doing their own things. But when you throw Rocket in and he works. With Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, I think you got something that's really cool, and it's just you know Bradley Cooper's brilliant yeah. with that voice. Yep, so. yep. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. It, I'm excited for that for sure. And then um, there's another Netflix series out right now that uh, Marianne and I are going to watch tomorrow called "Struggle: The Life and Lost Art of Solkowski." Mm. Okay. If you have not seen the trailer for it, uh, you definitely need to check it out. It looks crazy. Um, and I know artists all over Twitter um, are just saying that it's it's really amazing. So we're going to check that out tomorrow. Sweet. We'll definitely put that in the show notes because I'll, I'll probably watch it, but I'll definitely check the trailer out. Cool. All right. So um, last words. Where can we find you and what do we need to know? JPP. You can find me mostly on Instagram hanging out um, these days. I uh, just finished, before we started our episode, I just kind of did some tracking. I'm not complete with it yet, but just kind of working on a heavy riff and having some fun with my Stratocaster and uh, making some noise. It's nothing super fancy, but it felt good. And it's kind of like after you get done working out and you're like, ah, I needed that. That was what this was for me. So look up uh, Just Plain Paul on Instagram and and tell me what you think. If you uh, do hop on facebook if you look up jpp invasion you'll find my musical uh whatnot on there as well but nine times out of ten it's going to be pretty similar to instagram awesome i will expect you to play us out of the show with that new riff you created got it <laughs> yes yeah tea bags uh what's uh, going on well speaking on that riff too um last week's outro riff was fantastic i played that for kyle today too and i said i want paul to send me like a full track of that so we can work with it <laughs> nice thanks yeah, that's actually stuff. from the vault yeah. that's an old one is it really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then it should be cheaper. <laughs> that's right. Shoot me a price. <laughs> it's on clearance. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. He um, should pay you to take that's it. That's right. <laughs> um, I still am kind of hanging out on the uh, Facebook page, and um, I can say that this is kind of exciting because we've been on the back end trying to just develop a website. But uh, I've got a guy working on it, and we have a launch date of March 1st. So after that, we will try to have some interaction on the webpage. Groovy. Sweet. Anything else going on in your life you need to tell us about, Tony? Um, no. I wish Anything I had. you're working on? Uh, well, I am These working super on. Super secret projects. <clears throat> I am finishing up my novel. I've been working on that for a while, but uh, it does have some music attached to it as well. So maybe one day mm-hmm. we'll all just kind of share some, some of the actual personal stuff we're working on, too. Definitely. And I think what he was trying to get at it was, given your somber mood through this episode, you're probably... Mm-hmm trying to dig up evidence that proves the Patriots are cheating again this year. Well, my evidence is that if you look at the Roman numerals for the Super Bowl, it spells lie. (laughs) Don't we all wish that everybody would hate our teams as much as the Patriots? Because that would mean we'd all have lots of trophies. (laughs) But is is it also ironic that most of America hates the Patriots? The most, like, misnomer team, I guess. Yeah, that is kind of funny. <laughs> but if you watch the game tonight, not to get too much in the weeds on this one, but you can't tell me that any other team would have played <laughs> any worse than the Rams played tonight. I don't know if you guys watched the game or not. but It just know. looked bad on both sides. It did I mean, look bad on both sides, which made me think, like, had that been the Saints plugged into that, we might have, like, run the whole thing. But I don't know. Woulda, coulda, shouldas, man. <laughs> Looks like a lot of teams could have won tonight. Yeah, I know. Sadly. I think us three yeah. could have maybe done something. <laughs> we could have put up a fight. <laughs> That's right. No. Oh, well. <clears throat> now we're just waiting for next season. So. And Steve, what are That's you doing? Good. Writing your hands off? I am. Good. Thanks for asking. Actually, um, this weekend, I did have a big article uh, last week over the fight night UFC that happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. My prediction, um, there were six 
fights on the main card. I got four of the six correct. I was robbed on one of them because of Brazilian judges. That's the way it always goes. I lost a split decision, or I would have been five out of six. Mm. Um, so I did pretty well on there. I got a lot of, a lot of views and uh, responses, so that was really cool. But I'll be honest with you guys, the highlight of my weekend... This is the dumbest thing ever. So I, you know, I've been trying to dig into Reddit, mm-hmm. get in there. Um, it's a great place to share articles and things because people love to tell you when you're wrong and, yeah. and critique your work, which is great. So, are you guys familiar with Reddit? How you get karma points and mm-hmm. everything? Yep. Oh yeah, I love Reddit. It's kind of like liking your work where they give you an up arrow and you get karma points. So yep. I've been struggling forever, you know, and I've I've got some. I'm not saying I don't have any, but so this weekend I'm, I was cutting beets um, to make a smoothie. Oh, wait. And I, cut I this... thought you were cutting beats. Like, <laughs> making music. <laughs> this is a music program. <laughs> that would not have got as many karma points, though. No. But so, what I just please did go ahead. Either. Go ahead, old man. Tell us about your beat cutting. <laughs> no, I did get that comment, too. Somebody said, it sounds like something my mom would make. I said, well, I'm getting old. So anyway, so I cut this beat in half, and I look at it. And it looks like the face of this Naruto character. <laughs> so, of course, I have to take a picture and go in and add the eye and the top of the coat and everything. And the the character's name is Toby, and his real name is Obito. So it just worked out perfectly. So I named it Toby. <laughs> and I posted this thing on Reddit, and I got like over a thousand karma nice. points for a stupid beat image that looked like a Naruto character. That is the internet. We love it. Yeah, kind of made my made my weekend. <laughs> That's actually. awesome. That's awesome. But um, yeah. Anyway, so I've been doing a lot of writing. You can still find me on Twitter, Instagram at uh, Foggy's Pal, and uh, also over at Sports Media Pass and Break the Fourth, writing articles for MMA, Chicago Blackhawks, and any comics, books, music, etc. Just uh, digging in. I think my. My word for this year is create. I just want to keep going and, and doing all year. Excellent. Good job. So there you go. Right on. All righty. I think that does it for this week. Next week, this is kind of exciting. Uh, Bob Mould has a new record coming out on Friday, uh, February 8th, and uh, that's called Sunshine Rock. So our goal next weekend when we uh, record the show is to Give us a critique of Bob Mould's new record. You guys excited for that? I am. I oh, absolutely. Uh, I can't even remember when was his last album, his last solo. Um, twenty sixteen. Yep. Okay. It was sixteen. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was back around thirteen. What was the name of that album? Patch the sky. Patch yeah, the sky. Yeah, that's right. That was. It's got some great guitar tone on it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's look forward to uh, critiquing this one. Anything else for the good of the cause, or are we ready to be played out of this episode? I'm ready to be played out. All right. JPP, bring us home, and we will see you next week. 